This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. A new platform is expected to be launched soon that will offer better services and improve oral health for Indigenous communities across Canada. Dr. Sherry McKinstry is the founder for the newly established Indigenous Dental Association of Canada. And Dr. McKinstry is here to tell you more. Hey, good morning, Dr. McKinstry. Thank you for making time for us today. We're grateful. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. So let's start with the issue. What is the landscape right now when it comes to oral health for Indigenous communities across the countries, across the country? What are some of the barriers that are facing the communities? Oh, there are several different types of barriers facing various communities. One of the things that we have to realize when we're uh, thinking about um, First Nations communities is that First Nations communities are very uh, unique and very different uh, not only across Canada, but within the provinces as well. So I, I, depending on what is available to us, we tend to uh, have access issues such as um, lack of providers that are able to come into the communities, uh, the funding that's available for um, the communities and uh, the provision of dental services. Um, so many different things with Status First Nations, we have eligibility through uh, the NIHB program. But um, while we do have that eligibility, there are issues that we see within that as well. And I hear this frequently, not only from providers, but from um, the users, the end users or the rights holders as well. It's something that I, people I experience that's all too common. Having access to something or having eligibility for something is not the same thing as access to something. Just because you qualify doesn't mean you get your needs served. So let's talk about the organization. How did it come together? Well, uh, a lot of it accumulated. It was just a bunch of things that came together. Uh, I guess it would be my personal experiences going through uh, institutions and in the profession myself as a First Nations woman. Um, and then in the more recent news with um, the Masters of Public Health that I did at the University of Victoria, the reason that it took me there was, uh, I guess it would be a couple a couple of issues and some of it was a lot of it was personal actually not necessarily um what i had encountered i felt like i came to uh i guess it would be a barrier in providing care in the communities and um i went looking for more education is to figure out why things were the way they were but also why i grew up the way i was and then around the same time we had coming into the news uh, canada was starting to learn a little bit more about the residential school system and having family that was part of the residential school system it was really um it was really heavy on my heart and trying to figure things out and a lot of guilt that i carried um with that i carried um toward an individual, I guess it would be, that had been through the residential school made me rethink all of that. And so it was another part that just brought up a lot of trauma and healing that I had to start all over again. And so part of that just put me into a different mindset, I guess, that would, you know, if I'm feeling all of this, then, you know, there's others out there. And one of the things that we do as um, Indigenous people is we look for community and look for supports for those that understand. And so originally IDAC, the Indigenous Dental Association, was founded 
on reconciliation um, because what was in the news with the unmarked and undocumented burial sites of the residential school systems um, at that at the beginning IDAC had actually originally started off for Indigenous oral health providers only. But as we got going, um, we started inviting the dental community across Canada to join us on a reconciliation journey. Because if we're starting off with healing, um, you know, I think it can definitely be something that's beneficial to the whole community because how we think and how we do things actually impacts Indigenous oral health and oral health outcomes. Mm. What are some of the preliminary goals? As you identified a couple of moments ago, the the needs change from individual to individual and community to community. But broadly, what are some of the goals and some of the initiatives that you and your colleagues want to take on here in the early stages? So IDAC is very new. <clears throat> We're only setting up our um, membership now. We, we just launched in March and just more recently, we finally have the funding. Um, so I have some um, somebody that we I just hired actually to help take on a little bit of the responsibility. And now that we have that, um, the I guess it would be the resources available to us. I'm hoping to bring more people in because you know IDAC is not about what I envision it. IDAC is going to be about what the membership envisions and what we need. We know that we got to where we are because of social constructs and um, the hardships that it's creating for Indigenous people with ongoing colonization. And so we're trying to figure out how to change how we think. And that's kind of where IDAC is leading to is, you know, how we think, but not only from the provider perspective. One thing that happens frequently with um, studies and research and uh, programs and policies is that we we fail to listen to the voice in the communities. And we mm. IDAC really wants to listen to the voice in the communities. You mentioned that you've reached out to other oral health care providers to create a broader community and create that lens involving reconciliation. I, I know that this can get very complicated, but what does that lens look like? How would you like to see other oral care providers apply that lens of reconciliation to the work that they're doing and collaborating with you and your colleagues? So at the very beginning, uh, just this past weekend, I was at an Indigenous Awareness Day that um, CDSS or the regulatory body here in Saskatchewan uh, put on. And so um, I've been to many of these events. And part of that is just becoming aware that there are issues in Canada. You know, we have a history, an Indigenous history in Canada that we haven't learned a lot about. And so those are the very early steps in um, in this reconciliation journey is learning about that. But then, <clears throat> again, you know, it's not a, a box to check just to learn that this history was there. There's action that has to come. And so in the early conception, that's the part is bringing this realization that Indigenous people have this history that impacts not only Indigenous oral health, but the, but I guess it would be the, the people within the profession as well. And, you know, it's some, at times it's so profoundly different. Um, and as I had mentioned, we have a diversity of um, experiences that happen within communities. And it's the same thing with providers. We have those coming from different positions and locations that we have to acknowledge. And for me, um, one of the things that moving forward with IDAC is one of the things that I've always said right from the get-go is I'm not reaching out necessarily. I'm not I'm not hounding uh, Indigenous oral health providers in, in throughout Canada. Is I'm making my making IDAC um, known so that 
Indigenous oral health providers can reach out to me because the last thing that I want to do is exploit Indigenous oral health providers as well. Um, and if they want to participate, then I'm more than welcome. I'm, I'm here with open arms. If I were to broaden out this conversation a little bit more, uh, in the next segment of the show, we're going to be talking about the Canada Disability Benefit, something that Canadians with disabilities have been clamoring for for a long, long time. We're getting some information about a national dental care rollout. What is your reaction to that? How do you think a national dental care plan, although very narrow in its scope right now, may be something to to use to to build upon a foundation to serve more people? Well, there are many issues with uh, the dental benefit program coming out, and a lot of it is that it has to do with un, with the with the unknown. And when it comes to the unknown, with as as an indigenous provider an Indigenous person in Canada, one of the very first things that uh, comes to mind is, okay, how is this going to negatively impact um, Indigenous communities? And we have to remember, uh, throughout Indigenous communities, we have First Nations status and non-status, Métis and Inuit, and only certain groups within um, within that group have access to NIHB benefits. You know, so this upfront may benefit some Indigenous groups. Um, and in some cases, it may actually widen that inequity that's happening, the um, oral health inequity that's happening um, already. Because if we're increasing um, and improving health for some, which is beneficial, if we're leaving the Indigenous people behind without addressing you know, the access to dental care as a bare minimum, um, we're actually going to be increasing that gap. And so a, a little bit weary. Actually, I have to say I'm a little, I'm very weary about how this plays out for Indigenous people. Um, yeah, I'm very cautious and part of the discussions as much as I can be um, with the information that was given to given to um, oral health providers and what, what this is going to look like. Mm. Dr. McKinstry, as you mentioned, it's, it's still early days. It's only been a couple of months since you launched, but where should people go to stay up to date and stay in touch with the work that you and your colleagues at IDAC are doing? Well, one biggest resource would be going to our website. So that's www.idac.agency. You can also Google us. We're finally coming up as one of the the first um, sites that come up when you search IDAC. but that's one great resources. Another resource is just to reach out to me. My um, At this point, we're opening um, a physical, physical location here in Saskatoon that hopefully will be... Um, We'll be in within the next couple of months and we'll have um, some staff available um, for, and I can't even tell you how many people have reached out, how many organizations have reached out. It's been um, very distracting from moving forward with IDAC and trying to help organizations um, with their inquiries and, you know, and how they can participate in reconciliation. The more people I can get on, um, definitely um, it would be very helpful uh, because, as I said, you know, IDAC is not going to be Sherry's IDAC. It's going to be IDAC for uh, Indigenous oral health providers across Canada. Well, you've been very generous with your time this morning. I'm sorry if we were one of those distractions, but all the best to you as you continue this rollout. And let's stay in touch because I'd love to hear about some of the initiatives that you roll out and some of the progress you make over the years. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.